What it do, Kung Fu? You tune into the Jose Morales podcast. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're back at the Boxing Academy in the ring on another solo episode. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to get comfortable with yourself, who you are, and why it's important to, to be comfortable with yourself. The things that you're going to see different when you are confident in you and what you like, how you like to dress, music you like, how you talk, and all these different things. Um, and that's what it's going to be about. Before I get into what we're going to be talking about, I want to talk about these fly-ass tie-dye shirts that my son made. And shout out to everyone that purchased them. So I think about, shoot, I don't know how many. I think if I had to guess a number, I think about 20 or 25 people bought shirts from my son. And and let me tell you the story about this. So how this whole tie-dye thing came about. My son wanted to get an electric scooter. I don't know where he got this idea of this electric scooter. And this electric scooter, I think it was like a couple hundred dollars that he wanted. And I told him, hmm. I, and I was thinking to myself, I could get it for him, but he wants it. I want him to kind of earn it. And I want him to earn his money. So I told him, you should sell tie-dye shirts. You like to make them so much. He's made tie-dye shirts in the past. I'm like, why don't you sell your own tie-dye shirts? Get people, make a list and get people to buy them. So he did it. The first day he sat in the front, he was sitting in the front with uh, with the table and he was super shy, super shy. The table was there and it said tie-dye shirts and he was nowhere to be found. It was hilarious. But then he started feeling a little bit more comfortable and then he started doing, he started taking little orders and then he started doing it at home. He parked outside and, and keep in mind where I live, we have very few neighbors. We're like in the middle of nowhere. So somehow he got somebody to buy a shirt from him. A neighbor drove by, bought a shirt. And a funny story, so when Alonso, we told him he was gonna sell shirts, little brother, of course, Guero, was like, wait, what am I gonna sell? What are we gonna sell? He, he wants to sell something. We're like, you just sell hugs, but we were just playing with it. We weren't like serious. So when Alonso's outside the house selling his shirts, a lady uh, drives up, asks what he's selling, and he, she pays him $25, puts his name and address, and also tells her in a couple weeks you're gonna get your shirt. Well, Weddle's like, hey, I'm selling hugs for a dollar. <laughs> he puts his hands up. The lady bought a hug from him and gave him $3. I'm like, oh man. So now he's, he, he lasted a couple of days when he was telling everybody, you want a hug? You want a hug? <laughs> he was trying to sell hugs. So let me tell you why this was all important to me though. And the reason why I wanted to do this, I just feel like if I, there's a lot of things as a parent, especially as a father that you want to teach your kids that is very important. I feel like learning how to make your own money is super important. You may agree or disagree with me, but if this was a wild and you have your son, no matter what animal you are, you most likely need to teach him how to eat, right? He's got to learn how to hunt. He's got to learn how to keep his, keep his tummy full. That's probably the main thing. Obviously, he's going to have to know other things. But if you can't eat and you can't, then you're not, you can't survive. So I see life as the wild. And these are my, these are my cubs. And they got to learn how to eat. And I want them to know how to make their own money with me or without me. And afterwards, uh, Alonso learned, you know, the cost. Of, of the goods and how much he was going to sell it, the profits, his profit amount, everything. He knew it through the T. But the fact that he was able to do that and figure out if it cost me $10, I got to sell it for five bucks more, whatever it is that he wants to do and how much everything was going to cost him. 
the fact that he figured this out at eight years old and made profit and he did it on his own, it just made me very, very proud of myself for teaching him that. Now his his now his mind is like he's like coming up with ideas of how he can make money. But how did I spark that interest? I sparked that interest by not buying that scooter for him. So again, thank you to everyone who purchased t-shirts from him. It made him very happy. Um, and just thank you for the support. So if you guys are listening to this and you were one of them, man, thank you. Send me a picture of you with a tie-dye shirt, though, or let's take a picture together. Let me know. I'm down. I want to take a picture with everybody. Um, now, back to this episode. I'm going to give you one more thing that happened recently. I don't know if you guys have watched this on Netflix. There's a, a documentary on Kanye West. And if you know me, you know I am... Not a big fan of Kanye West, and let me tell you why. When he, if you remember, you guys recall a few years ago, he came to Sacramento. When he came to Sacramento, he performed at the Golden One Center, and he didn't even finish his performance. He cut it short, started talking mad crap about Sacramento, and he just up and left. He got off the stage and left. After first talking smack, first he was saying all these things about Sacramento. When he did that, I don't know, it just rubbed me off that he had it going off. I had no idea what was going through his head, but it's just the only thing that was playing in my head is he obviously doesn't like our city. Ever since then, I just hated the guy. Never wanted to play his music. I just hated him. This was, like I said, a few years ago. Well, my brother Andres was like, hey, you should watch his documentary on Kanye West. He reminds me a lot of you. You should watch it. I wouldn't have watched it, but... He said he recommended it. And then plus he said he reminds me of him. I'm like, wait, I remind him of this asshole? I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. No, I'm playing. So I I tuned into it and it was actually really good. Very interesting. I don't know if you guys watched it, but I'm kind of, kind of, I'm going to say a few things about it. Hopefully I don't ruin it for you if you haven't watched it. But there was this guy that was a, um, I think he worked at the radio well, he, he had like his own little TV show. He was a host of a show and he, he was always behind the camera. He, when he first met Kanye West, he, he, it was in like 98, 99. He was very drawn to him. Something about Kanye he saw that was special, that he dropped everything that he needed to do and followed him from that day. I think it was like early 2000s to present day. And he was constantly recording everything. And during this time, again, he dropped everything that he had going on to follow Kanye. He made Kanye West his life. That's how much he believed that Kanye West was going to blow up and that this documentary was going to be worth money years later. That's how much belief he had in this guy. Obviously, he saw how special he was. And the reason why I bring this up is when I was watching this documentary, I'm sitting there watching it and I was like, I started seeing a lot of things in Kanye that what he was like and how he lived and, and things that I started drawing, I started connecting with him. And I started like, damn, I started getting like, em like emotions and started understanding where he's coming. And I'll give you one thing. Anytime you connect with a, with a, um, oh, Dwight, our last uh, few episodes back, Dwight, uh, episode 17, Dwight talks about this. Humans connect with emotions you connect with emotions and you start feeling so when i started feeling the things that kanye west was living through and everything he had went through i started connecting to him more and i started understanding him more and it made me fun suddenly start forgetting about how much i hated it 
You know, suddenly I stopped forgetting that, oh, all the things he said about Sacramento, I didn't even think about that no more. Because now I'm looking at all the things that I can relate to him. And that is what this episode is about. I'm going to talk about why it's important to be yourself. Be you. Be, be the goofy, funny, annoying person you are, whoever that person may be. And let me explain to you why this is important. There's so many people, if you think about it, that never, ever live to be who they truly are. Not because they can't do it, but because they're not confident enough in themselves to be who they truly are. Now, listen to what I said. Those people that, like, think about it with you. When are you yourself? Like, literally, when are you yourself, your full self? Usually, everybody that's really themselves is usually at home with friends, with everyone that you're comfortable with. And when you're in a comfortable place with your family, you start either being yourself, acting goofy, saying funny things, a lot more talkative, or I don't know, whatever, sharing your drawings. You, you start being who you are. Why? Because you're comfortable, comfortable with the people that are around you. And that comfortableness around that people make you believe and not feel judged because you know that, oh, my mom's going to laugh at me, my dad, my cousins or whatever. It doesn't matter. We need to have that same doesn't matter attitude with the entire world, wherever we're at. It, it should not matter. And let me tell you why. Um, I, this is something that for a while, it wasn't that bad, but I could kind of say I battled with this with a lot of different things. But the thing that was different with me, I never let it stop me from being me. I always, I w if you get to know me real well, I'm very different than a lot of people and very the same to some people, if that makes any sense. So growing up, I was never Mexican enough for the Mexicans. And I wasn't never American enough for the people that, the Americans, <laughs> all, the, all the people I grew up with. And then I wasn't educated enough for the educated people. I wasn't ghetto enough for the ghetto people. I was just, I just never found a real home of like, these are the people I'm vibing with. These are my people. Cause I was all, that's why I was always alone. If you know me growing up, I talked to everybody. I was cool with everybody, but I never was attached to just one specific group. But that right there allowed me to be me. Goofy, loud, funny, talk jokes, talk smack, do da da. I was always myself. And me being myself made me a lot easier to connect with everybody. I'll be able to, suddenly I'm like, this person's opening up to me, but this person is like a complete. Like, I don't know, you can't even speak English. He's a straight Mexican, just got here from Mexico. But I can connect to them so well. Why? Because I'm being vulnerable. I'm, being, I'm putting myself out there to them. And, and, and vulnerable is like, Sharon, be you. You know, like when you're with a certain crew and they don't like, I'll keep it simple with me. For example, let's say they don't like um, uh, wrestling. And you love wrestling. Only because they don't like it doesn't mean you have to not like it either. Hey, you know what? I actually don't think it's that bad. And it's like that because it's, it's very easy right now to fall into trends, to try to keep up with it. But the, what that does to you is you end up with people. You end up with relationships that you don't want. 
friends that you don't want. And, in, and, and, and what that happens with time, it makes you miserable. You know, you, you, are, you are being someone that is not really you. Get out that bubble. And then, so for example, I have this friend and it fits into this and how this can mess you up. I had a friend that grew up in, he grew up in San Jose, but he's from Central America. And Central, depending on what country you are in Central America, where Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, they all have their Spanish slightly different from one another and is way different from a Mexican Spanish. And in San Jose, there's a lot more Mexicans and the Spanish that you probably will speak at school and stuff like that is going to be like a Mexican because 80% of the people there are Mexican. So he grew up in San Jose, but he's from Central America. And his family at home spoke Spanish, their native tongue. And when he went to school, they, they spoke Spanish slightly different and he would always get made fun of it. They always made fun of him because of his words, his, his vocabulary was not Mexican. And then when he would get home, his family would make fun of him because his, fa- his Spanish wasn't like their Spanish. They're like, oh, you're trying to talk like a Mexican. So you know what that did to him? It made him very uncomfortable because he was like, well, my family doesn't like it because I'm speaking like a Mexican. And then when I'm with the Mexicans, I'm not, I don't speak like a Mexican. And my Spanish is just not good enough. So you know what happened to this young kid? He stopped speaking Spanish. So when he got older, he lost his Spanish. And he lost it not because he didn't know it, it's because he stopped practicing it. And why did he stop practicing it? Because he stopped being comfortable with speaking it. Because no matter if he was at home or he was at school, he was always being judged by the, by the way he said things. He was never good enough for neither of them. So what he did, he's like, he, was, he decided to, you know what? I'm not going to speak Spanish. These are the little things that happen to us. And we're not paying attention that little things like that starts changing and triggering things in us that we sometimes tend to not be ourselves no more. He could have been, you know what, dad? Mom and dad maybe had a conversation with them. And told them, hey, at school, they make fun of me when I speak like that. Dad, mom could have been like, you know what? Fuck them. You're from Nicaragua and we speak like this. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever the hell. And then at home, at school, he could have held his own and be like, you know what? I don't care. I'm not Mexican. And I speak Spanish like this. But that confidence in yourself, that's what's hard to do. And it's okay to be that way. It's okay to speak up. Because once you speak up, you know what happens? There's other people that were too afraid to speak up, that were too afraid to act up. And once he spoke up, guess what? Maybe somebody else was there was too afraid and he started speaking like a Mexican when he wasn't a Mexican. And suddenly now he's, oh, you know what? He's right, da 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 And now that's what we need. We need more people like that, more people that are not afraid to be themselves. And that's not necessarily being, um, I'm not saying go out there and start arguing with people and fighting with people. I'm just saying be you. Be who you are, whoever that person may be, be you and be comfortable with you. Another, another story I could share with you with this is kind of like when I got when I first found out I had vitiligo. I shared this story, I think, when I talked about when I got vitiligo. But when I first found out I had vitiligo, I was 19 years old. I had little dots in my hand. And the doctor kept saying it was from boxing. I was like, man, there's no way this is from boxing. I've been boxing for years and I barely started getting them. It's not like I started boxing and I got them now. So I did not believe the doctor, but I kept going back to the doctor, doctor, they kept saying no. And so I finally, I went to a dermatologist and the dermatologist like this was like, 
you have vitiligo. And he's like, we can test it two ways. There's, I could run blood tests, blah, 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 or I could get you in a dark room, turn the black light. If it glows, it's vitiligo. If it doesn't glow, it's not vitiligo. So we did that. Dark room, turn on the black light, and the little dots I had in my fingers were vitiligo. And I know you guys done this, but I had this bad habit of always going on Google and put my symptoms and then boom, I find out what I have. Well, before I went to this, I was already convinced in my head that I had vitiligo because I looked up the symptoms and things like that. And I was like, oh shit. And I was looking at the pictures on, in, on Google and it was terrifying. So it was probably like the worst news. I was like, please don't be vitiligo. Please don't be vitiligo. I was trying not to have that. And when they confirmed that I had that, all the time, my hands were in my pocket. I was trying to hide my hands from everybody, constantly hiding my hands because I was not comfortable enough with myself having this skin disorder. I was not um, comfortable or confident enough to be like, you know what, what do you think? I don't care what you think about what, what, how I look and how, and da, 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 this is me. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't until I think I spent a year, maybe two years, I don't know how long I spent of me trying to hide my hands. And it was weird because, you know, I like to gamble. So when I played poker, I was trying to hide my hands. I was like doing crazy things. I was constantly trying to hide my hands. And, and when that happened, fun fact, Michael, Michael Jackson, that's how he came up with the glove. Michael Jackson had vitiligo and he started wearing gloves. People thought he was trying to be stylish, but he really was just trying to hide that he was losing his pigment. So back on track to what I was talking about, when... When I, when I started doing that and I was like hiding all the time, um, the, the day it changed is I was in San Francisco and I ran into this lady and this lady was completely white, she, completely white. And she, and she went up to me and she said, and she looked at me and she said, you know what? You have vitiligo. She let me take a picture with you. She was so proud of it. She was so proud to see somebody with vitiligo. She took a picture with me and I was shocked. I was like, she said, you have vitiligo. I was like, yes. I thought she was gonna be like you. And then she's like, no, come here. I want to take a picture with you. She puts me next to her. We take a picture. And then afterwards, she gives me this great spill and just opens up to me. And this changed me. From this day forward, I was proud to have vitiligo. She said things like this. She said, I had vitiligo. I'm black, but I don't look black no more. I'm completely white now. Both of my kids have vitiligo. Vitiligo is a part of my family. And then she starts going on on her conspiracies of what she said a funny thing though. She said, she said, if it was white people turning black, they would find something to fix that real quick. But since it's people of color turning white is no problem. <laughs> I started like laughing. But then she was like, she was uh, she said this. She's like, you have to be proud of who you are. Be proud of your marks, be proud of your 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 scars, your life, everything you've been through. Be proud of it. He's all, and this is why I take a picture with you because somebody took a picture with me and made me proud of being having vitiligo. And I promised myself that I would take pictures with everybody that I met that had vitiligo. And ever since that day, every time I see somebody with vitiligo now, I always take a picture with them. I take a picture with them and I, and I tell them the same story just to make sure they feel good about their skin and about themselves. And this again, this all relates back to the topic. Be comfortable with you be comfortable with your skin and then as far as business when you start branding that you start branding yourself that way when you start like showing off of who you are people come to you because they know you even though you don't know them they come to you because they feel like they are connected to you i have many people that come to the gym here just because 
not because it's a good workout, not because they love boxing, not because they live here. It's just simply because they connected with me. How do they connect with me? Because I'm vulnerable. I put myself out there. And that can be very inspiring because you never know who needs to hear it. You never know who needs to hear that motivational um, maybe picture on Instagram, post, maybe comment at work. Maybe you say something that just sparks an interest on like, wow, I didn't know he was dealing with that. I didn't know she was dealing with that. And that's kind of my goal with this episode is really get you comfortable with being yourself. A common mistake that you make when you get your business is I feel like everyone does the same as other businesses. And when you're yourself and you disrupt the industry and you're completely do your own thing yourself, you're you, I think that makes a big difference. For example, with me here at the gym, if I have people that box before from somewhere else, first thing they say when they come here is, your gym's hella different. Damn, it's just way different. You guys do everything way different. I'm like, good, that's exactly my goal. I want to be different. And the fact that I'm myself, I created my, my, my own entity of how to run things and how to do things and how to train people. I'm not trying to follow and fit in with everybody else. I think separate us from, our, from, from, our, from everything. And I think that's the biggest difference. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. And that's what makes um, this place special is that I'm, I'm myself. We are ourselves. We are ourselves as a whole. And we are confident in who we are. Last story I have to share, and I'll leave you guys alone. Coach Alex, if you remember Coach Alex, when he mentioned that he didn't even want to work here when I brought it up to him. Never, he didn't really want to work here. Why? Because he wasn't confident enough in himself. He didn't see himself coaching people. He did not see himself coaching people. Not because he didn't think he could like, he didn't like it, it's just because he didn't see himself doing that. He, wasn't, he didn't see himself that, com that confidence. And if you know Alex outside of the gym in his personal life and how he is, he's very outgoing, very talkative. But in the gym, he wasn't like that. Why? Because he wasn't confident enough. And when, he, and when I, his dad forced him and myself and we got him to coach and we got him to do that, he started to see how much he really loved it. And now he's himself and now he's talking and now he's himself in co with complete strangers. But that happened with learning to become comfortable with yourself. And Alex would have never found this passion and love for coaching and teaching if he would have never put himself out there. All right, quick little recap. When you show up to a room, don't match the energy that's in the room. Bring your own energy. Be yourself. Be comfortable who, with who you are. Um, hopefully, it's the good energy that you bring by. It's not no negative energy. <laughs> now, I'll see you guys back next week. I hope you guys have a killer Monday. Like, subscribe, and share. Leave a review, and I'll see you next Monday. I'm actually going to have another guest next Monday. You guys are going to like this one. It's going to be a surprise, but you're going to know him. You guys are going to know him very well. promise you. Hope you guys have a killer Monday. I will be back next Monday with a special guest. You're going to enjoy this one, and you guys know him very well. All right. Have a killer week. I'm out. Deuces.